are the nature of their root systems and going down deep and being able to hold against the forces that would come against them. The Bible speaks frequently about trees. Trees predate man in the story of the Bible. They figure very much into the story in Genesis and beyond where Abraham meets God near some trees. We hear about the cedars of Lebanon, the oaks, the mighty oaks are described in the Old Testament more than once. Who can forget the story of Elijah hiding under the broom sage tree or bush? And of course, who could forget the old sycamore tree that Zacchaeus climbs up to see Jesus? Of course, right there in that first story in Genesis, we have the trees of knowledge, the tree of life. And so trees figure into the story. They, they figure even into Revelation. At the end of time, when we go to eternity, trees still figure into the story in a big way. The Bible's trees are unique. The cedars of Lebanon and the oaks that are described in the Old Testament both have a very remarkable feature. They're both trees that put down a tap root, a deep root, a root that goes down. In fact, the cedars of Lebanon, those famous trees, are, are famed in part because they have found roots 300 feet under the ground in a cave from a cedar tree, a cedar of Lebanon. Talk about deep roots. That's amazing. It's amazing. Why do I reference all of that? Well, I want you to gather something that God placed on the earth a living example of what it means to go deep, to be strong. And it's something that God created, I think, as, a, as an intentional thing for us to look at, right? The Bible frequently says to look at nature and to understand something about God, right? The wise writer of Proverbs says, consider the ant, you sluggard. Consider the ant. Look at it and see what the ant can do. Take a look and see uh, what God has there. So we look at these things, and we think about being rooted, and it brings to life the understanding of what the Apostle Paul talks about in our primary text today, Colossians chapter 2. Here he talks about the importance of having deep roots and a firm connection. Listen to what Paul writes to Colossians, to the Colossian church in this uh, chapter 2, the fifth verse. He says, While I'm away from you, I am present with you in spirit, and I delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him, rooted, built up, and strengthened. Let's hold on to those for a moment, because there's a key phrase, first of all, that he said now three times. Did you catch it? It's a two a two-word construct, in Christ. In these next few verses, we're going to hear those, those words spoken over and over and over, in him, in Christ, by Christ, with him, with Christ. The idea of being connected, tightly connected to Christ is at the very forefront of everything that Paul writes about to the church in Colossae. He's writing to them, understanding that they are on the precipice of a storm. A storm is coming. The situation in the world is rapidly changing. And the Christians in Colossae, who've only been Christians for a short time, are very near a time of intense persecution. People will be martyred for their faith. 
So the idea of having a deep, strong, firm connection to God is very important. Why all that talk about trees this morning? Because trees last a long time. They're connected and they endure through many difficult times. What is remarkable about the oldest trees on the earth? Guess what? A cedar tree. (laughs) One of the oldest we have recorded today. Over 4,000 years old. Incredible. Paul is using this language, this idea, because he says, you know, you're going to have to stand the test of time. Difficulties are coming. It's not going to be easy. He has a tremendous concern for these Colossians. So he, he says to them, and he's not with them. He can't protect them. I'm absent from you, but you are still in Christ. And Christ will make all the difference. So he goes on then, and he gives us some ideas, I think, about how we can grow and put down deeper roots. And one of the things has to do with teaching. He says, you were strengthened in the faith as you were taught. One of the things that was remarkable about about these Colossian Christians is the, the zeal with which they had embraced God's message and the teaching, and they were holding tightly to what they were learning. If we want to put down deep roots, we must continue to be taught, taught by God's word first and foremost. But also, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, so we hear in preaching and teaching and classes. All those things are vitally important to strengthening our roots. He goes on to say there's another characteristic that marked them. They were overflowing with thankfulness. What were they thankful for in Colossae? Well, the Colossians were thoroughly Roman, pagan. Their worldview had had nothing to do with the deity of God and everything to do with the worship of all kinds of deities. But no monotheistic God of Judaism. But when they had been taught the truth of the gospel, they came to recognize that everything that they had been living for, everything they had been involved in, it was all headed to nothingness. It didn't matter. Their lives had been empty. But when they found Christ, they found everything. Hope, joy, peace, life, meaning, purpose. Everything changed when they came to Christ. They were thankful because they had been cursed, damned, lost. And now they were saved and found and redeemed and restored. They were thankful. Perhaps we would be wise to overflow in thankfulness ourselves and to understand what the condition is to be outside of Christ and what it means to be in Christ. It was a remarkable thing. Now he gives them some warnings here. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow or deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. He's saying, be careful that you don't put your roots down into things that don't give life. Stay rooted in Christ. You know, in my sabbatical travels, I got to experience something I'd never seen before, the banyan tree. Can you stick a picture of that up for us, Nicholas? Have you ever seen this tree before? Some of you will know this tree. I did not know this tree until I was on my sabbatical. This is a remarkable tree. The banyan tree is remarkable because unlike other plants that put their roots down from the bottom, 
The banyan tree, as its branches go out, it just drops down what they call air roots. They come from the branch way up there, 20, 30 feet in the air, and they just keep going until they hit the ground. And then they push down into the ground and put roots down into the ground. And then that, that root shaft from the branch to the ground becomes like a new tree trunk. And the banyan tree just keeps spreading out like that. It's a remarkable tree, and, and it knows that to go farther, it has to also put down more supports, more depth, more roots. It's remarkable in that. In fact, because it can do this, this tree can be larger than any other tree on earth. In fact, there are banyan trees that cover over one acre of land. Isn't that remarkable? In my reading about this tree, I discovered that in India, uh, where there are a number of banyan trees, uh, there was a, a person who famously had a garden with ba a banyan tree in it, and he wanted to contain it, and he built a, a stone wall uh, in the last century. And I haven't seen a picture of it in the reading I read. It described how that the tree over time had made its way to the wall and actually just pierced it because it was able to keep reinforcing itself. And today, there's a crumbled wall with what appears to be a tree trunk going right through it and branches that just continue on. And there's something that I like. I like a tree that's constantly rooting itself in Christ, a people that are rooting themselves and overcoming the obstacles that are around us and not letting the obstacles stop us from growing in Christ. How big do these trees get? The famous general, Alexander the Great, once housed over a 1,000 men in the shade of a banyan tree. Isn't that remarkable? A single tree that protected them. When Paul writes about a church that is rooted, that is built up and is strengthened, I think of this tree. I think of how we're constantly reaching out, spreading out, and wherever we go, we know that for us to survive in that space, we have to put our roots back down into Christ again. We just can't make it there if we don't. But if we do that, we find that we have a strength in that space. We occupy it, we change it, and, and things they, 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 they are different there. There's a Bible story that I love. It's a story about where Moses is going out and they're fighting in a famous battle. And, and whenever Moses' arms come down, his army loses. When his arms are held up, they win. It's a great story. And you should read it sometimes. But, but picture this idea of, uh, of Aaron and, and, and Caleb uh, pushing up the arms of Moses while he's there. Excuse me, Joshua, not Caleb. Pushing up his arms as he's there. Uh, to keep them and protect them in this fight. It's a remarkable story about lifting up. And I think the church in its own way becomes like that, right? We are the people who are lifting up, holding up like those roots of a banyan tree. We're holding each other up in this giant community of faith. Paul says, hey, I need you to be rooted. I need you to be built up. I need you to be strengthened. I need you to be overflowing with thankfulness. But be careful. There's a lot of forces in the world like that wall that would come against you. You can't rely on anything but on Christ. For this is what happens in Christ. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In Christ, you've been brought to fullness. He is the head and, and he is over every power and authority. In him... You were also circumcised with the circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self is ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith 
in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of the flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, a charge that stood against us and condemned us. But he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And he disarmed the powers and the authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. He triumphed over them by the cross. This is what it is to be in Christ. It's to be forgiven, to be free, to have triumph and victory in your life. So why would we neglect drawing deeper in to Christ? What keeps us from putting down deeper roots and becoming those oaks of righteousness that we can be? One of the things that I want to share with you that I've had the great privilege of doing in the last 25 years as your pastor is sitting down with a number of our seniors, our pillars, our oaks, if you would, in the church, men and women of faith. This is what I found so remarkable. What's not true for every single person just because they're older, but for many of them, when we sit down together, when I first thing I'll notice, I'll go to their home or I'll go to the nursing home where they're at, and always I find a well-worn Bible. Now, I wonder what that's going to look like in 50 years. You're going to find a well-worn cell phone where they've looked at the phone app of their Bible. I don't know. But I find this well-worn Bible. There's usually writing all over it. And it's either in their hands, on their lap, or right beside them. Oftentimes, there's also a notebook or a scratch pad where they have a prayer list where they've been praying for people, intently praying. And, and, and I, more than once, I've seen my own name on there, and I thought, my goodness. Yeah, I'm speaking to you, Wanda. She knows. She's listening right now. It's amazing. They're oaks. They're pillars. They hold us up in prayer, literally. I don't know if you recognize this, but when those folks are here in the services, I know this about many of them. They're listening to the sermon for sure, but they're also ministering. And they look down their aisle to see if the person, people around them, if they see someone whose face shows that they're carrying a heavy burden. And they just start praying. They don't even have to know who you are. They just start praying for you. Lord, I can see they're in distress today. Please meet the needs they have. And if I can help them in some way, show me how I can do that create an opportunity. That's the way that they are. You've probably gotten phone calls from them before and didn't even realize that they had been praying for you and they got a sense that they should give you a phone call. And so you just got a call from this elderly member of the church and thought, why are they calling me today? And they may have told you, they may not have told you, but they told me. They'll say, Pastor Marty, you know, I just felt like I need to call so-and-so just to check on them. So I called them. I told them Jesus loves them. I said, I don't know what you're going through, but God does. He'll be with you. They're oaks. <laughs> they got deep roots. And they're doing everything they can to help hold up others, to protect them, to watch over them. Because they're in Christ. So they're about the same work Jesus was about. And Jesus was about restoring, encouraging, renewing, rebuilding, this was his purpose and his mission 
to seek and to save that which was lost and to lose no one that he came into contact with. There is a warning at the end of Colossians chapter 2. The warning is about individuals who have stopped putting down roots. And I'm not going to read all of that ending to you, but he says this in verse 19. It's such a sobering thing. He says, there are those, they have lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. We began to explore this idea of connection last week, and, and Paul brings it up again today. If we're going to do a series on roots, we have to ask the question, are, what, are, what are we rooted in? What are we trying to draw life from? And Paul warns us that there were those people who had started out with roots in faith and in Jesus, but they had allowed their roots to go into other things. They were no longer connecting to Jesus. And here's the problem with that. Nothing else can give us the nutrients and the nourishment that we need. There are things that only Jesus can provide. Now, I'm not a genius when it comes to soil, thus all those uh, plants that I had that were dying, even though they got watered every two or three weeks. Um, but, uh, but I do know this. I know how important it is that we, we have something nourishing to offer to our plants. It's important. Paul would say to us, listen, there are things that Jesus can give you that no one else can, and if you don't have them, you'll die. You'll die. There's a reason that sometimes we look so sickly, and I'm not talking about our physical appearance, but our spiritual and usually that has a lot to do with whether or not we're drawing nourishment from God. What does that look like? Have you been struggling with temptation lately and falling down a lot? It may very well be that you're not spending very much time in God's word, not spending much time with his people, not spending much time being nourished and growing up in your faith. Trees that are poorly nourished blow down easily in the wind. But trees that are well nourished with deep roots stand against the storm. I don't know what storms are coming. You don't know what storms are coming, but we can know that storms will come. I was rather surprised by one this morning about 5 a.m. Woke me up when my dogs all started barking after a big loud lightning and thunder burst. We don't always know what's coming, but God does. And so he's given us this admonition. Get your roots right. Get your roots right. Put them down deep. Draw into me. Let me strengthen you. Let me build you up. Let me help you grow. With me, like that banyan tree, nothing will hold you back. You'll do incredible things. You'll shelter many people under your branches. But apart from me, apart from him, we can do nothing. Roots. As you examine yours this morning, are they built up and strengthened, overflowing with thankfulness? Or do you see some disconnect, some weakness, some shallowness? 
If you're here and you're a Christian, then this is a message that just says, hey, I need to take a good look at my roots and see where I'm going and where I'm growing and where I'm not growing. And if you don't know Jesus yet, friends, you're like those Colossians were before they met Paul. To be apart from Christ is to be lost. To be with Christ is to be found. To be apart from Christ is to be condemned. To be connected to Christ is to be pardoned. I don't know what your condition is, but if you don't know Christ, I invite you to make him your Lord and your Savior as we stand and we sing our hymn of invitation. Mm -hmm.